Leo, and welcome to a community episode of the Drywall Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Harmon. With us today, Gloria Fuentes of Glowjoy out of New York City. She's a social media influencer and powerhouse in the women in construction movement. We waste no time diving headfirst into social media strategy and navigating the COVID pandemic. It was during that time that she started a community site called Everything Construction, aka The Clubhouse, we talk about that, as well as marketing and branding. Gloria is a tech-savvy entrepreneur who also has real estate and construction knowledge, and when she started posting pictures of herself with drywall dust in her hair, her former co-workers were maybe a little taken aback. <laughs> yes and no, you know, and I still have colleagues at Lloyd's that, you know, are friends. And when they started to see me in drywall, full of drywall mud or drywall dust or paint yeah. okay. on LinkedIn, you know, they were like, wait a second, you're doing construction now. You know, and that was literally the attitude that I would get or read from the messages or even phone calls that I got from okay. people like, wait a second, you what were are doing, you doing? Gloria is awesome. And I know that you are going to love part one of this two part episode with her. The Drywall Podcast is brought to you today by Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. You can find out information about Fresco Harmony on the website www.frescoharmony.com. We're also available at GWI in Swindon, England, and also at CSR Building Supplies up in Toronto, Canada. Shout out to CSR for also supplying up sweet swag buckets for guests of the drywall podcast but for now gloria fluentis on the 73rd episode of the drywall podcast let's get into it because as i've said in previous podcasts i've done podcasts not not hit record only only maybe only maybe twice but those are the worst it happens it happens i've had meetings where i've literally said at the beginning of the meeting okay we're going to record this meeting so you all can have you know notes that you can reference blah 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 and then half halfway through the meeting somebody says did you hit the record button right yeah (laughs) so yeah no little detail uh, and l- stop me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Gloria Fuent- Fuentes. Fuentes. Fu- yeah, that's pretty, Fuentes. pretty good. Yeah, Fuentes. Well, you know, New Mexico. Uh, is Hispanic there? You got a little, yeah. a little. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. A little Afro Latina. I put a tame okay. Afro today. Um, Chicana. But... Chicana down here. Yeah, they would, they would guess that i am chicana down there um maybe yeah we're caribbean um and you know actually very mixed so 
you know, we've got Irish in our family. Um, we've got like native, uh, you know, like native American indigenous, yeah. uh, Island, uh, people. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. so I'm from the Island. I was born, my sister and I were born on the Island of Puerto Rico. And okay. uh, All right. my, my brother was actually born in the U S Virgin islands. Uh, we are oil and gas kids expats. So okay. our father, although American from New York, uh, had jobs overseas in the Caribbean. And so we grew up, um, on different islands. Cool. Yeah. We're from, uh, St. Croix and okay. uh, my, my family, actually, that's where our entire construction story begins. Uh, you know, after hurricane Hugo, which I think a lot of people in, in the United States know about hurricane Hugo is in 1989. And it like, you know, yeah. Yeah. plummeted through the entire East coast. And so they started a small company, um, doing like mini blinds and horizontal, uh, blinds, like the vertical blinds, sorry, vertical blinds and the horizontal yeah. mini blinds back in, you know, the late eighties and nineties, they were super popular with the chains yeah. in the bottom. Yeah. yeah. So my cousins and I, I, during in the summers, my cousins and I used to stay with my grandmother. Um, and so we'd, go to estimates with her. We'd like, you know, spend time at her store. And then we'd go on installs with my grandfather. And inevitably yeah. we were the ones that had to pin those dumb chains. Yeah. And if you skipped one or did one wrong, you had to like undo all of them. And by the end of the day, like your fingers were hurting because yeah. <laughs> anyway. That. Yeah. So that's like my entry to the construction industry. Blinds and, and they look horrible. They're like the worst thing <laughs> design wise. They're incredibly uh, hideous. At the time they were very May, popular. Hey, no very shame. Popular. They if were you've very got popular. vertical, if you got vertical blinds out there and you're rocking those, no shame. In 2023, if you still have vertical blinds, folks, oh, please they're out there. Give us a call. It's time they're to automate there. your life. No, <laughs> I made, I have, <laughs> I have a neat system that I do with glue and pigments and where I create, uh, artwork. So I create this very unique artwork and I've done floors and bar tops. Um, mm -hmm. when I was starting Fresco Harmony, I got into like, and it has true translucency if you like shine a light through it so you can backlight yeah. stuff with it. Um, nice. I did a set of vertical blinds. I bought, I actually had. <laughs> yeah. Cause you could slide the cloth in the, in between. Um, and I, I don't even know what those slits. Are I didn't called. do those. I, okay. I bought, I bought okay. strip, strips of acrylic, a mm -hmm. four foot acrylic frosted acrylic, uh, pieces. Okay. And then I did my finish on top of them. And then when you close them and the sun shine through, it looked like mm -hmm. stained glass. It was actually a pretty unique concept if i can dig out a picture i'll put it on the thing but then i had these vertical blinds and when i got together with my wife she was kind of like she didn't say so right away but she was like those they're neat nick but they gotta go like <laughs> us ladies <laughs> have a really nice way of saying things without saying things sometimes we don't want to hurt your feelings you know um, I, I have to finesse that on the job site sometimes. So yeah. I feel, I feel her. Yeah. I totally yeah. feel her. Well, my dad expanded that when he took over to other things beyond, you know, vertical and horizontal blinds. Um, you know, now sure. I think, um, 
we've offered roller shades and motorized shades for a very long time, um, you know, and they've expanded beyond just the Virgin Islands. I think, you know, we've done okay. some work in the British Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico and other islands. And I think that that's why uh, the vision was to call it Caribbean Blinds Plus. Now I've said okay. on many, yeah, I've said on many other podcasts that that is a seasonal business and I am one of the very first people in my family um, and my cousins, now my brother too, to be a full-time entrepreneur. We were always taught to have a side hustle to invest, yeah. to maybe have multifamily. Everybody in my family, you know, always had a multifamily, but we were always taught, get that nine to five, get that pension, go work for the union, you know, yeah. like collect your check, yeah. and all that stuff. And I've been a freelancer and entrepreneur most of my life. And every time I went home for the holidays, it's like, did you get a real job yet? Yeah. But let's, let's travel around a little bit. I am curious, obviously about the podcast. And I was just talking with Sean last night. We were, Mm -hmm. sometimes we talk and he's so funny and I'm kind of funny. We get together and we like have very good laughs, but uh, he was like, Oh, well you got to go on, you know, glow joys podcast. And I was like, well, you know, we haven't talked about it yet. I am (laughs) curious. I am curious about your, uh, podcast. When did you start it? And like, why? Okay. So there's, I like this. I like this (laughs) conversation because we're on a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, no, actually this is great because there's like so much information about me already on the internet, <laughs> like in terms of like how I started this business and everything. We'll get to the drywall. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll get, get to, to the, the drywall. We'll get to all that stuff later, <laughs> but um, people can rewatch Sean's podcast if they really want yes. to go, go deep but into that. Very quickly, how do they listen to Sean of Brawley's Dad Construction's podcast? So I made it really easy. If you scroll down to the footer of my website, there is a link that says media. And so any podcasts, including this one that I am a guest on will be on that page. Um, yeah. And we did that for you guys because folks are always asking. And so instead of sending a bunch of YouTube links, we embedded it on the website and then people can also just go we have to talk we have to talk about that because i need to do that on the fresco harmony website for sure like there's a link but it's this sounds better i don't know yeah so um all of the previous podcasts and i try to do my best to upload everything in a timely manner but uh yeah all the previous podcasts can be found on that media tab or of course they can just go on youtube and search brawley's dad construction and they will find the podcast um, and if they add my name uh but you know i've been on a on a few a handful of streams and stuff and during the pandemic, there was an app to go back to your question. There was an app called clubhouse. Okay. And I don't know. I mean, clubhouse still exists. It's still, it's a social media app and it was a very first live audio app before Twitter had Twitter spaces before LinkedIn had their LinkedIn live, um, audio and anything else. Um, so like every other social media platform, you know, the yeah. big guys ripped off from a little guy, but clubhouse is really not that little. I mean, they were backed by a lot of money and all this stuff and they're still around. They've revamped the app a couple of times. I think they're trying to figure out how to make money. Anywho, during the pandemic, 
when everybody was sitting at home and not doing absolutely anything, a lot of people got into podcasts and they got into listening to stuff versus watching Netflix. Cause there's only so many Netflix shows you can watch and everything else. Yeah. This app, which streamed live audio was almost like the equivalent to a radio. And so I created a community on there called everything yeah. construction alongside a few other folks. Uh, but I started the club and we grew that to 45, 46 hundred members. I don't even know where it's at right now. Cool. And we would host weekly conversations and bring special guests on to talk about material delays to talk about yeah. drywall to talk about construction management you know pre-planning uh what you know okay. everything that was going on in the construction industry and people needed to like lean on somebody and had questions about their projects like we would host a two to three weekly radio shows legit okay. on this app and people would listen and come and ask us our questions as experts. And, you Love know, it. <laughs> it just, it grew and it blossomed. Once we reopened in 2021, I got yeah. busy. Yeah. All the other moderators that used to help me got busy. And so, sure. and, and clubhouse kind of became a moot point because Twitter started Twitter spaces and, you know, LinkedIn started their own live audio and whatever. And we just got busy and we said, and we weren't getting the, um, listeners that we were getting previously. Like we would get thousands of people to join live. Yeah you know, yeah, the app crazy. Tell you like how many people were listening yeah. and, or from the replays, we would get thousands from the replays. Right. And we would okay. get some pretty big guests sometimes like celebrities and developers and all kinds of stuff. So it was a pretty, it was a pretty wild time. <laughs> yeah. We call them, we call them the clubhouse days. Those people that I still cool. interact with from those clubhouse days. And so, yeah. you know, um, you're a natural, I, you're a natural yeah. com community builder. It's like in your blood. It, yeah. You know, I really just wanted a space where if I felt as a, as a contractor or as a construction project manager, I had all these questions myself, like, and I didn't know where to go to for them. Like then I just created the space. So now we're trying to bring that to LinkedIn and YouTube in the form of a live show, just like we used to do every other week on Fridays. And I may have to start doing it every week because like people keep asking, right? Like, and I have like- Why, why, why LinkedIn? LinkedIn, ah, such a good question. Such a good question. I'm so glad that you picked that. Um, it's because- My the job. <laughs> the construction industry is not on LinkedIn like they need to be. Okay. And LinkedIn is one of the most underutilized platforms yeah. by the construction industry overall. So when we say by, by everybody, it's kind of like, you know, uh, it's kind of like real good real estate, if you will. Right. And so the algorithm on LinkedIn, LinkedIn doesn't have very many construction voices for me to compete with. Whereas on YouTube, Facebook you and anywhere else, yeah, I have a lot of construction voices that I need to compete with. Now right. I'm all about streaming on all platforms, but this is a give back for me to the community that has really given so much to me okay. over the years. You know, I 
bring people like Sean uh, tomorrow. I have Corey from Tech Dry Tools. Nice. Um, yeah, and I have you know a female uh, awesome badass builder that's been around for twenty plus years. Coming two weeks after that, um, you know yeah. I've got I've got some pretty awesome guests lined up, and cool. you know uh, others that we do want to ask yourself included because yeah. why Fresco Harmony? Yeah. Uh, but I did it because. People were like, oh, man, I wish you still had your your shows, your weekly shows. And, sure. you know, people were asking me. And so this was a way for me to, like, bring that community from Clubhouse over somewhere else where I could create a group because I can do LinkedIn groups. Okay. And I did not want to use Facebook. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The LinkedIn, and- the LinkedIn groups. That's right. Yeah, so we're using a LinkedIn group. What's your what's your LinkedIn group? Or are you using everything a construction? One? Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. So I have to I join can... that. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got and a bunch my... of followers on LinkedIn. I've been doing LinkedIn for like 12 years, you know. And Me just too, get... but a gathering... lot of people don't use it. Yeah. And just gathering people. And I don't, I mean, Fresco Harmony has a page. I've got a page. Um, Podbean, which is my next question, which platform do you use to do podcasts? Um, Podbean downloads to LinkedIn every show. And that's, that's kind of the only thing I post on LinkedIn. Now I should post more, you know, mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, it's an annoying platform because they always want you to do premium. I don't really want to do premium. I get more traction out of Instagram. It's like, just know your place LinkedIn. Like you guys, you're a corporate platform that unless I'm on there all the time posting, I feel like I don't get much traction out of it. You know, that's just my, that's where I'm at with LinkedIn. Yeah. And and that's fine. And then what platform do you use for podcasts? Sorry. Kind of a long. No, it's cool. It's cool. So we use StreamYard. Streamyard, and, okay. Yeah, and Streamyard it streams live because everything is live, right? I couldn't commit to a podcast that I had to record and edit later because okay. it just would never get done. So uh, uh, I, I'm a, I was always edit the podcast guy. Like I listen nope. to like Tim Ferriss and like Gary uh, Gary uh, uh, Guy Ross. Gary V, of course, he does yeah. lots of live though, but like Guy Raz has this like beautifully edited podcast. Like that's what my vision was early on. That's why I have the artwork and like the mm-hmm. intro and the outro had to have music, like all of those weird little details, but there's no wrong way to do it. We all just do it our own way, you know, but live's interest. I, I don't think I've done one live except for maybe Bernie up in Canada and that was challenging. I didn't use Podbean. I just went live on Instagram on my phone and just mm-hmm. did it and then recorded it with mm-hmm. my computer. And then boom, I had it saved. And I also had, it. and then it seemed like better to go live on like just Instagram mm-hmm. than, than use Podbean. So in a previous life, I also owned a branding and marketing company. And oh, so it really just depends on who your target audience is. And as we grow as businesses, as we grow as tradespeople, there's only so many. And this is what I told Sean and what I tell all the people that work luxury houses, right? Eh? Um, there's only so many luxury houses that you can, you know, board in mud in a specific area, right? 
Um, and then you're gonna have to move outside that area, especially if you're like in a small town. And I know this because I come from a tiny Island. And so, (laughs) you know, knowing that my family could only put up window treatments and, or do decor on people every so many years or any of the other suppliers that they also partnered with, like the glass guy, you know, the door guy and all the, the other people, um, it became very obvious to me that the most easy transition would be to focus on commercial and to take those skills and just work two or three bigger jobs a year versus doing a bunch of little houses. Okay. Right. And, And also a diversification, I would say. Right. Like, for example, when you and I had the conversation about Fresco Harmony, like, it's cool. Yeah. Do a feature wall in your house. But I was thinking commercial. I was thinking like hallways where we do wallpaper. I was thinking feature walls. I was thinking retail soffits, hospitality. Like in my head, I was thinking of like all these different applications for commercial versus residential, you know, and it's because of geography. Also, I think, Uh, you know, you're in Arizona. And so that look, New Mexico. New Me- Sorry, New Mexico. Uh, I know that look is like very, you know, it, it's cool over there and everything. But then like up here, everybody wants everything level five and maybe where Sean is. So we have to educate. Okay. All right. Like all right. Let's go. No, Gloria, we do. let we me do. stop we... you. No, wait, wait. <laughs> let me stop you. Let me stop you. That is a common, that is a common misconception is that it? specialty walls are a Southwestern feature. And I have to stop you because that's like saying, oh, Ferraris are only cool in the Southwest. Like Ferraris are cool anywhere. That's like saying, oh, popcorn is an East Coast thing or they only do smooth finish in, you know, New York. No, I didn't say only. I didn't say only. I said it's just more popular. And you're you're right. right. It's just more popular. And it it does hail from here. We do have Mm -hmm. plaster. But this is like a one of the many misconceptions of plaster. And it's like, well, you know, we also have shitty walls too. Like they have shitty walls, you know, up in Canada, but that doesn't mean like, you know, good walls wouldn't fit well up there. This is just a wall finish that could go like anywhere. I mean, and I say this specifically because people are like, you know, I've talked with people up there that are like, oh, well, that's not, that's a Southwestern thing. And it's like, well, it's anywhere you really, it's anywhere you want nice walls. You know, yeah, is it or isn't it right? So here we would have to like educate <clears throat> people. Like when I first moved yeah. to America, I didn't know anything about drywall. I mean, I come from the Caribbean. Everything's made of concrete down there. And yeah. CMU blocks. Yeah. <laughs> We've yeah. got hurricanes to worry about. So even sure. the interior walls are often made of CMU blocks. Um, you know, what's what's CMU? <clears throat> it's those, you know, cement blocks. Okay. Um, that <clears throat> we use to build and the rebar goes in. Okay. You know, it's what they use for the exterior walls. Cinder block is what we call it. Yeah. Them. Cinder, cinder block. Yeah. So, um, CMU. Okay. CMU, cinder block. Okay. <laughs> cinder block. Um, I know that the C is probably for cinder and the M and the U and have other probably. You know, acronyms. I've just probably. gotten so used to using the acronyms that the architects and engineers use that. That's, yeah. Yeah. I like it. CMU. I'll have to find out what that stands for. Cinder plot something. 
know. Anyway, um, so yeah, so <laughs> when I first moved to America and we moved to Texas and my father actually built a custom home, so we would fly up there while they were building the house. And, you know, um, we were working with like a custom home builder, like a track home builder. And, uh, you know, I saw this wood stick frame and, you know, <laughs> I saw the, the drywall, yeah. and, you know, I saw so you guys had some money. You're building a house in <clears throat> Texas blinds did well for you, dad. <laughs> um, you know, that was in 2000 and yeah, it was around 2000. Okay. I would say that we were a nice upper middle class family. We didn't want or need for anything. My mom was a stay at home mom. Okay. So she drove us around to our after school activities and we did go to private school because my dad you know, worked for an oil and gas company and we were okay. expats in a different company in a different okay. country. Typically the, the company pays for all of your expenses in the country where you're at. So like they paid for our private school. That was okay. part of my dad's benefit package almost. Um, and it is the part of a benefits package for a lot of expatriates that come okay. from different countries to work in countries where they need work visas and things of that nature, because my mother couldn't get a work visa. She became a stay at home mom. Okay. And, you know, she of course loved it and she was awesome. Yeah. And we got to spend a lot of time with our mom, which I, it's sad to me to see that, you know, now most parents both have to work um, and it's not even an option for people. So, you know, yeah, I, I how feel old, how old is feel like we were blessed. How old's glory at this time in the story? How old are you? During Living. this te Texas in Texas. Yeah. So we moved to Texas when I was in high school. Okay. It was really interesting. I was yeah. homeschooled actually for ninth and 10th grade. Okay. And then I had like weird credits from my private school in the Caribbean. And we had to take, yeah. you know, classes as seniors that some kids took at freshmen's. And so moving in the middle of the year, was nothing that my parents ever did, but moving in the middle of high school or middle school. Cause my brother was in middle school at the time yeah. while so. you're in like a different country and school systems, yeah. like, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> it's wild. And then you're how many bros, just one bro. Yeah. I have a younger brother and I have an older sister. Oh, cool. You're the middle child. I am <laughs> <laughs> oh, for whatever uh, that means. I'm the um, middle child. I sure. was, I guess, the problem child or whatever. Okay. If you, if you ask our parents, none of us were, you know, really much of problems. We just each had our own individual personalities and that came with its own set of challenges. So, yeah. Well, based on the small amount that I know about you, Gloria, your parents did a fantastic job. But, you Thank know, you. shout out, shout out to mom and dad for sure. You're, you know... <laughs> You're on a podcast, you're in New York, you run a construction company. Um, you do two construction companies. What do we, we've got Glowjoy and then mm -hmm. we've got what else? So Glowjoy Companies is a parent company and okay. is a consulting business that okay. kind of owns the brand cohesively. 
And from there, we have different okay. companies and subsidiaries that are set up in the different states where we do work. Okay. And so Glowjoy is like your Vayner Media. That's umbrella. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then yep. underneath that, you've got your various um, Glowjoy Construction, Glowjoy Technologies. Okay. And, okay. You do know. you have different LLCs for all of those companies? I only have a different LLC for the construction business. And that's because we are licensed in New York. And okay. so I set up the construction business in New York. So okay. the consulting business is separate separate from my remodeling company that does all the okay. drywall and painting, which okay. is how you and I met. Yeah. And so, you know, it's two separate businesses both with okay. you know the same brand parent name like okay. Johnson and Johnson has god knows how many yeah, companies yeah. and brands and so when and I, I was, I'm going to get a sticker eventually mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. several or several yeah or <laughs> other things potentially Who most knows? important most importantly I need a sticker <laughs> you will or most many <laughs> yeah, or many. No, you, like, you, well, as a marketing person, like the fuck, what's up with the fucking stickers? Like they're in, you know. Yeah, no, no. If, if you've stickers, got stickers out there, send them out to a bunch of different people. Let's get those on the lunch boxes, on the water bottles. Like stickers are in, and it seems like you, yeah, yeah. It seems like you and I was watching Jenny. The the <laughs> I've been talking to Jenny a little bit. The construction. Uh, the Jill of all trades. Oh, I person. love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's she's so, one of my BFFs. We're not going to do a podcast just yet, but I'm I am going to get her on the show. But she's like all over the sticker thing. It's like, whoa, how are you so way ahead of the curve on that one? <laughs> like, um, I've always had stickers because I think they're cool. Yeah, I put them on like my packaging when I send people out sample packs and whatnot, mm -hmm. shipping shipping product. But like they've just become like super cool. I only have one. It's a good size. Like it's worked out. But um, we have two sizes because I wanted to put them on the tools. Okay. So Smart. you know okay. we we have some pretty expensive tools, and we are getting more expensive tools. And rather than taking a sharpie and you know that can easily, <laughs> you know what I mean, or like a little, sitting there little like, alcohol. Little alcohol, yeah, take exactly. Or sitting there <laughs> trying to like engrave my name in the tool, right? Um, yeah. We have stickers, and there are markers behind the stickers. So even if they take the stickers off, like I'm gonna know. Yeah. But and obviously, I used to spray paint like primer. <laughs> my Boston, my Boston Crested Butte used to do that on everything. Just. <clears throat> like a big spray paint it's like you can't it's hard to get like a big spray and you know where it's at and it's like you know we've spray painted some of our cases orange and you know we've gotten so creative and so many yeah. things right but uh, people are people what what are you gonna do yeah there's a lot here you know so i want to like get as much as we can you know and keep just keep it like fresh and flowing real fast and um i like yeah. that it's a little bit different than your typical drywaller for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we'll get into that too. Um, so you're in Texas though. I kind of want to like, let's do the time frame. We haven't stayed really well onto the time frame, but that's, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, you're in, you're in high school and then you get into construction. I guess there's a jump from Texas. 
you getting into construction and then landing in New York, you know, like let's, let's cover that real quick. Yeah, sure. So I landed in New York before I got in construction officially. So I grew up in and around construction. Like I said, my grandparents had a business on the supply side doing window treatments. We worked on job sites whenever we didn't have school and had to do inventory at her store when we didn't have school and just ride around with her. And so kind of grew up, you know, a little bit of this awesome privileged life that mostly wealthy kids get. Cause my dad was a blue collar guy in the yeah. oil and gas industry yeah. and, you know, also working with grandma and grandpa whenever they were babysitting us effectively, yeah. you know, and got to get some hands on every once in a while, but as a girl and the culture that I came from, it was never pushed on me to join the construction industry. And everything was education, 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 go to college, go to college, go to college, get a real job, get a real job, get a real job. And I mean, I got kicked out of high school, which is why I was homeschooled. And then I got a second chance to go back to high school. When we went to Texas, I dropped out of college. I have always gotten good grades and I'm incredibly intelligent, but yeah. I have an issue with sitting down still and focusing, which is why I have this awesome chair that swivels so that I can at least swivel a tiny bit (laughs) while I'm, you know, sitting on my hands in this chair, trying to stay still for this podcast and not talk with my hands like a crazy person, you know, but you know, to, to answer your question, I went the route of trying to go to college didn't work out for me. Then, you know, Mm. the, I guess, financial crash in 2008 happened and my father and everybody else in the world lost their job. Everybody, my mother already wasn't working. Right. So as a family, we lost our house. We lost our cars. We lost everything. And I went from this person who was now a young adult, 19 years old that had pretty much everything to nothing Mm, and living in a small apartment that I rented out after getting a part-time job working in cell phone sales for me and my family, because my father bless his heart. And, you know, he's now fully employed and working and all that stuff. But at the time, you know, he was in his early forties and, you know, had only been with the same company for like 20 years or something like that and had a really hard time getting a job, you know? So I, I ended up quitting school. I didn't like it anyway. I used it as an excuse to quit college <laughs> Yeah, and I came home and started working and got into cell phone sales. I did some bartending and all the other things that, you yeah. know, a typical 19, 20 year old can do with no college degree, particularly in the, you know, early to mid two thousands, you know, it's like 2005, 2006. And Mm -hmm. so I just never went back to school and always continued to work. And at the age of 24, found my way up to New York and yeah, I mean, worked in New York, New York. I like New York. Don't get me wrong. Uh, very challenging city though, man. 
you ride on the subway up there and it's like whoa this is gritty like th- these people this is their world up here and it's like that's what i think about like okay i see the attraction i see what oh i'm gonna go to new york make a big make make a million dollars and i'm gonna be successful uh, i'm riding on the subway the reality is it's dirty like you, like you watch the movies, like it looks clean and wonderful. New York is so dirty and gritty. I love it's it. Disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. disgusting. It's disgusting. But then it's like everything's dirty. Uh, and then you're riding on the subway, and it's like man, you just see the deflation of life in people. And yeah, they're usually I, like this. Yeah, or asleep. Like yeah, asleep. whatever. They're they have this like. <laughs> Just empty. I think the t- yeah, I think the term <laughs> resting bee face. I don't know if I can curse or not here, but I think the term Fuck resting, yes. Yeah, Fuck I think yes. the term resting bitch face came from people in New York. Just Do you think New York so maybe drained. that's where they came from? <laughs> They're drained. The city drains you and it's so much energy all at once. Um spiritually, yeah. I honestly I'm a very spiritual person. So okay. I think I I think I ended up in New York because that's where God wanted me at the time. Okay. I needed to get away from my family and my family, you know, um, at the time I, I, my brother was in high school. I was just working. I was waiting tables. Like my life wasn't really going anywhere. I was selling cell phones out of a kiosk in a mall. I can do this in New York. I'm going to go to New York. Right. I went on a vacation the year that Obama won. Okay to Florida. <laughs> okay. And I was hanging out with some friends. Yeah. It was during the election. I remember it was 2008. It was like okay. the first time that he won. Um, and I remember because I remember when he won, we were at a bar in Florida and you yeah. know, like everybody was like, so into this whole election and history yeah. and everything that was going on. And I was stressed out about what I was going to do with my life because, you know, I was 23, almost 24, I wasn't going anywhere. All my friends who had graduated college at that point were living in their parents' basement because they couldn't get a job. I at least had work experience, you know, and I'd been working since I was like 14 in the entertainment industry and then 15, 16 in, you know, uh, part-time work, right? Like I always had a part-time job. I always wanted my own money. I never wanted to hear the, well, why you live under our roof? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I was that kid that always had something going on. That's good parenting. I was, my sister and I are the same way. I feel like that's when you have good parents, it's like you reach a certain age and you're like, oh, okay, I got to get, I got to get going. Yeah. I started working at a very young age and if my parents couldn't buy me something, I bought it myself. And if I got money from my grandparents or my aunts and uncles for Christmas or whatever, and I wanted something because I was always into tech. Um, like I really wanted a mini disc one year, I remember. So I saved and saved and saved, uh, so a mini disc. See, nobody knows what that is. You're Gen X. Come on. We had CDs. Did they have little CDs? Yeah. So in between, um, those didn't didn't do very well. No, they didn't. So (laughs) you can, I mean, you want to talk eight track We we can talk eight track. Yes. I'm Gen X. (laughs) You know, I am a early adopter of a lot of technology. So there's a lot of times that I talk about things that people have no idea about, but like I've always been into tech. That's why clubhouse, you know, that's why a mini disc, right? So in between MP3 players and CDs, there was the mini disc era, which was a baby CD. 
like Beautiful. this, like yeah. it was like a square. Yeah. Um, and you could pop him out and pop him in and, you know, yeah. it almost looked like a floppy disk, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Weird. those were the mini discs. And then MP3 Weird. players came out very shortly after that and they just disappeared. They just never, they never made a splash. They were, I guess the, the inspiration for whoever it was that ended up developing the MP3 player, which officially, I don't know who it was, but I've always been into tech. Tech has always been a thing for me. Wasn't so. it the iPod? Oh no. Apple always rips off from somebody else. Somebody else did it first and then Apple ripped them off. Uh, I, the I, hundred, I the hundred song in your pocket, like campaign, like, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember I've, that. Like I, I, I would say that with a grain of salt, um, you know, Steve jobs, I mean, albeit he was, seems like kind of a dick. I read his book, but he was also, he's a, a legend. No, he's yeah. a legend. There's a lot of things that they did do from scratch. So I could be wrong. But what I'm saying is there was it, a lot of co- a lot of sharing of information. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of sharing of information. Same thing with like social media platforms and yeah. you know Facebook and this, that and all of that, you yeah. know. So New York, it was I think it was spiritual. I didn't really pick. I picked New York during that trip. There OK, so you go kept calling me to New York. Doesn't matter. You go to New York, you're like, you're called there. God says, uh, Gloria, time to go to New York. And you're like, okay. And uh, you get to New York and you're like, I'm going to do construction. I've done nope. a little bit of construction. No, nope. I'm, I'm a girl and I'm strong. There. I'm going to do construction. <laughs> oh, construction. <laughs> Buy myself a saw and a hammer. <laughs> I think construction was spiritual too. I think. Okay. I think that I should have been in the construction industry much earlier. And there are signs that I should have Uh, been in the construction industry. And then I tried to push myself into. You were young. You know, how how old were you when you started doing construction in New York? I started to officially do construction, honestly, in New York a couple of years ago. Okay. So pretty recently. And you're like, what, 27 now? 38. (laughs) <laughs> yeah 38 but you look very young in- and spry and you're like uh you're a fitness person also on top of like the 20 things that we've already talked about you dabble in fitness and yoga probably and pilates and whatever the myriad of things you can do in the fitness realm yeah you know i worked as a real estate agent and worked in real estate agency and within the world of real estate for many years worked for a construction a real estate construction lawyer as a paralegal part-time for many years it's you know where i get a lot of my construction background and knowledge and foundation i always say that that was it was a part-time job because i took it i i wanted to wait until my real estate commissions came in for you know sales or leases or whatever. And I never thought in a million years now, 10 years later, that that was really laying the foundation for the business that I have now. You have so much fantastic background, uh, educations and various things that all play in marketing, uh, real estate. And then you were saying construction law. Yeah. So I worked for a legal firm here in New York part-time as a paralegal and, you know, just assistant to the partners, uh, cases for people who 
got in trouble when they did bad construction work and didn't follow the code or, you know, they tried not to pull permits or whatever. So did you defend them or did you prosecute them? We actually defended the people. Okay. <laughs> so we we defended the contractors against. So you know exactly department. what you can, you know exactly what you can get away with in the construction or realm. Don't even want to try to get away with is no. better. Honestly, yeah. we do everything by the book because I feel like God put me in that position so that I could see all the dumb things that people in the construction industry were going to tell me to do that. I was going to be like, Oh no, that's like a $20,000 fine. I'm not doing that. Yeah, like I know how different- much, <laughs> That's a different I know how podcast. much the fine. I know how much the fines cost, and I I truly do believe I went through that experience so that I could learn the code or at least where to look up code. Cool. I could learn how to speak to the building department, build certain relationships with the building okay. department, and so nice. on and so forth. And so I stayed in real estate for a while. Then um, I did have a stepbrother who passed away. And, you know, that was a really tough time on our family and myself included. And so right around, I would say 2014, I stopped being a freelancer. I stopped working in real estate and selling apartments and leasing commercial spaces and doing all the independent gig stuff that I was doing. And I got a full-time job at a bank. Okay. All right. So the last yeah. puzzle piece that needed to go into the, the, the puzzle for you to become a, just a super well-rounded uh, contractor, uh, banking, re- m- it- money. Money. Yeah. And I stayed <laughs> in the banking industry. I, I was part-time. I came in through a temp agency, but I was part-time and the bank really liked me. And I continued to bounce from department to department as a temp. And then they ended up I... offering me a full-time job. And it was a really good opportunity to work with some amazing global executives that really took- Which bank, if you can say? Oh, absolutely. It's on my LinkedIn. I worked for Lloyd's Bank and they are from London. And folks, if you're thinking about getting into corporate after that experience, and also just the experience of working for T-Mobile USA, I'm going to tell people that if you're an American who has not traveled, please go work for a global company please. I mean, I'm traveled, but even the experience of working for a global company is very different than working for a company here. And I'm not saying that they're better than America. I just feel like people will get a more broader experience on how to deal with people and how to communicate and really how to do business differently if they have the firsthand experience of working for a global company. I was able to project manage the opening of a brand new Singapore office for Lloyd's Bank from my office in New York using technology, right? You know, uh, I've always been somehow involved in construction, even in corporate jobs. And so, you know, I stayed with them for a couple of years. And you're Uh, good. Like these companies, they like you because you're good. You, You I'm sure that you're able to pick up tasks very quickly and deliver them efficiently. And that's why you keep, you know, it seems like several times maybe you've rose the corporate ladder, you mm-hmm. know, and then been like, all right, I'm done with that. I'm going to go do this other thing for a little bit, or maybe so- sought out some other opportunity. 
Yeah, I think, you know, early in my career, I was I definitely was a know-it-all. And so I did get in trouble sure. for telling managers how to do their job when I had a foresight that maybe they didn't have. And I didn't have the emotional intelligence at the time to communicate to them in an eloquent manner my ideas without them being my ideas, you okay. know? And so I that call that a, a prima, I call that a prima donna. I think all the great entrepreneurs are prima donnas. We know, we know everything. We're like, why are you doing it that way? Like it just, I think it's, and that's not to say it's a bad thing. It's just natural. When I was first starting out in drywall, it was like, give me that box. I can do that. I know I can do that. And they, you know, you're not certified. You can't, you can't run this tool. And it's like, it's this fear that like this person's going to just grab this shit and do it. I think that's the difference between a savvy entrepreneur, a hustler and, mm -hmm. and, and, and somebody that's maybe more comfortable in a daytime job, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I did it it's for like a few years. not satisfied. I'm never satisfied. Yeah. I did it for a few years, you know, uh, and I'm never <laughs> satisfied, like you said. So, I hopped around a lot from jobs, whether I was let go or I decided it was time to leave, or we had a conversation that I was just not a good fit. And honestly, every manager that I have ever had has always told me that I am an incredible leader and I just need to yeah. go do my own thing. Yeah. So, you know, I Lloyd's I feel, was no different. No, absolutely. That not. was they, it. That was the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Big, the big man Lloyd, you're sitting in his office. He's running a he's running a global bank. He's like, yeah. Gloria, you're too big for this shop. You got to go start your own thing. <laughs> yes and no, you know. And I still have colleagues at Lloyd's that you know are friends. And when they started to see me in drywall, full of drywall mud or drywall dust or paint, yeah, okay. On, LinkedIn, you know, they were like, wait a second, you're doing construction now, you know, and that was literally the attitude that I would get or read from the messages or even phone calls that I got from okay. people like, wait a second, you were what are doing, you doing, you were doing side work while working at Lloyd's, you were already starting no, after I left after I oh, left. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So over the course of the past five years, people who I lost touch with or whatever. Lloyd's is a huge global company. You know, right. I interacted with people in London, okay. in yeah. Houston, in New York, you know, okay. they had an office in Chicago at the time and, you know, they've got offices literally all over the, the world. They're one yeah. of the, the top five largest global cool. banks. At least they were at the time, you know, I, I don't know where they are now, but they're definitely in the top 10. Okay. And so, you know, I worked for, at, the executives and I got a lot of exposure to sit in some incredible board meetings and things that I would have never gotten exposure to. And now yeah. when I go to these big buildings and meet with the architects, the engineers and the building inspector, I'm not scared because right. I've already been in those rooms. And so I feel like it's just everything that we do in life is meant to prepare us for what we're really meant to do. Yeah. And if you have a strong spiritual foundation, which, you know, no shade on people who are maybe lost in their spiritual journey. I'm yeah. a Jesus girl and I was lost for many years and, you know, we can talk about that, but, uh, I was lost. Yeah. And I, I like, I like the devil. You like yeah. Jesus. It's tough. 
Yeah, I was lost. For I'm joking. No, I'm but you know, I'm what I'm saying is, is like, I'm not trying to impose my beliefs on people. But like, yeah, that's, yeah. I feel like people who have a strong spiritual foundation, yeah. and have faith as a part of their business, yes. have a tendency to be a little bit more successful and or take yes. the hits more gracefully you know there's a lot of hits that i have had this week that would make people feel defeated and i'm just like well at least it wasn't worse or you know oh this happened so this wouldn't happen you know and i'm like trying to look at the positive in the negatives what's one hit this week let's talk about it (laughs) uh tell me a hit Tell me a hit. Yeah. One hit this week was that the building department did not issue the permit that we thought they were going to issue this Monday because Veterans Day was observed on Friday. And then some people also took off Monday. And so the building department is a little bit backlogged. So a permit I thought I would have at least Monday, Tuesday at the latest is not here. And so that delays me a week on a project and not just a week. I got Thanksgiving next week. So it delays me. Oh, yeah. Two weeks, dos semanas. And so dos semanas. Yeah. we're dos semana. into, we are into uh, the holidays now. Mm-hmm. So scheduling is going to be a little bit more, uh, <clears throat> more challenging. Going back to your spiritual uh, strength, let's call yeah. it. Spiritual strength. Uh, For me, it was getting clean from drugs and alcohol, which also can be a faux pas to talk about uh, Mm -hmm. in in discussion. A lot of people out there are clean now. They get help to get clean, whatever. I'm Mm -hmm. not too, too, I don't go out of my way to talk about it because even when you talk about it, sometimes people get uncomfortable that that drink. I want people to be comfortable. Drink if you got them. I don't care. I'm not going to judge anybody. For me, though, that path, not only has a built-in spiritual component, but like just taking that shit out of the equation, it's like, oh, okay, now I can focus and like really drive without mm-hmm. this like whatever weed distraction, alcohol distraction. I mean, I've got enough distractions. Um, and I'm and just- a lot of energy that you have too. So, you know- Yeah, you, having yeah. something that helps us on that path no like yeah. no no shame i don't care if it's buddha or jesus or whatever um it's cool that you have that thing or a mentor mm-hmm. or whatever i think i think it's essential to success well, yes because being a business owner is a leap of faith you know you don't have that security that you're going to get a check every two weeks or every month and you don't know if your expenses are going to be you know set them out or if an unforeseen issue that you document properly because you didn't know what you didn't know behind a wall and then you're still going to be responsible for it you took a thousand dollar hit well on a five thousand dollar job if you're a small contractor a thousand dollar hit is like that's like your profit for most people if they don't know how to price their jobs or if they don't know you know how to document things and in my early years i mean I made some stupid mistakes yeah. <laughs> that I had to yeah. learn from and I lost money on one or two jobs, but believe you me, I never made those mistakes again. And yeah. so, you know, I feel that just being a business 
owner and trusting that everything is going to work out or not going all in and not having a plan B or not having, you know, a a job uh, to fall back on or what have you. And I loved the, uh, I loved the podcast that you did with Teak because she talked about how she's not going to force it on her kids, but if her kids ever need a job, they're going to know this trade and you know, they can always yeah. fall back on their drywall trade, you know, and, and, and do the work if they Teeks need was job. good. Yeah. Teeks, it started out, you know, it was kind of like we're going and it just got better and better. It was just right. such a good, such a good interview. Now the interview that drops tomorrow, which will be, that won't matter here on this podcast, but it's uh Danny Carrillo uh, built a 75 person company uh, plaster guy uh, who's still very much successful, lost a million dollars over yeah. three three different contractors that didn't pay him and just crippled him. Just crippled exactly. Him. So, like. you know, I'm very grateful for all the background that I got, you know, foundation in real estate, foundation in small family business, foundation in, on the supply side, I have a foundation in banking, you know, and all the other theater and fun stuff that I did just for fun and dance. Yeah, we haven't even gotten into, we haven't gotten that, into dance and know. theater. We hit <laughs> fitness a little bit, yeah. not as much as I wanted to, because over the last maybe four years, I've gotten into fitness and I do the ice baths, of course. It all goes together, if I have to be honest. So oh, the yeah. story of how I got into construction <laughs> and transition from banking to construction has to do with fitness. So here's what happened. Okay. In 2017, I did a infomercial a test group for one of these like shake companies, like, you know, and you don't remember the name. It was beach body. They were very popular at the time. And so I did remember beach body. I did a good brand. Yeah. I did one of the test groups for beach body and it was with, you know, one of the dance programs, it was, you know, a dance weight loss program. And so as a person who grew up dancing my entire life, my parents, my extracurricular activity was ballet, jazz, tap, lyrical, all that, you know, and my brother played baseball. My sister played volleyball. I tried sports. I sucked. I just really loved to dance. So I always danced. And so I was always looking for extra cash in New York. I got casted for this commercial. I did this commercial as a part of the commercial, they also put us through like a the beach body, yeah, beach body commercial. Beachbody. You're yeah. in a beach body commercial. Was am it's no, no, somewhere no. It's on the still internet. out there. It's I'm gonna get it. <laughs> I'm gonna it's get it. We're there. gonna have that's gonna be the promo for this podcast. <laughs> like, I was a backup dancer, so good luck. <laughs> I wasn't like featured in okay. the um in the commercial, and I, you know, I'm grateful that I wasn't because I would have signed my rights away to like uh, so many other things. So right. like that was a protection from God, <laughs> and yeah. so you know. I, um, I ended up falling in love with fitness and everything to do with fitness. And I was obviously now at that point, late twenties, early thirties and was my body was like, Hey girl, what are you doing? Like, you know, my hips were hurting, my knees were hurting all this yeah. stuff. Right? 
Yeah. I ended up getting in a, in an accident, in a vehicle accident, you know, on holiday while I was, you know, visiting some friends and I never took care of it and continued to be a dumb idiot and all that stuff. I ended up needing surgery and I moved to Texas to have my surgery because my surgery was for my hip and my shoulder. And while I was on FMLA, this woman who cannot sit still at all, and FMLA is just leave. It's medical leave from your corporate job. Okay. While I was on medical leave from my corporate job, recovering from this surgery on my hip, I was bored and stir crazy. I was going out of my freaking mind. So I ended up buying a house with some friends and I was fixing it while, (laughs) you know, I, I was living in it and fixing it while I was on this FMLA. But you were rehabilitating from the hip. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, you're fixing up a house. Yeah, um, you know, that's ambit. That's ambitious. When most, you know, I had a knee, I had a meniscus <laughs> knee injury a few years Have ago. You met me. I'm not gonna buy a house and like <laughs> tear into a remodel while I'm on knee injury. I'm content just to watch like. You know, just watch Seinfeld over and over or something. I got tired of watching Seinfeld and everything yeah. else. Okay. And All right. Was, part of my recovery was that I needed to stay active and not be docile. That's how you got into construction. Yes, I was bored and I couldn't get another I couldn't get another job. It took an hour. It took an hour. We have to have a fucking part two. God damn it, Gloria. <laughs> You know, the only, I've got a part two with Aaron, Aaron, uh, you know, you Columbia. can cut out so much fluff though. From no, here. this yeah. is all gold. This is all yeah. gold. Um, yeah. I love but, it. I love how thick, I love how thick you are. Um, skills wise. Like it's like you're, you're dense, you know, construction, you know, construction forced. I, I always tell people I construction found me. I didn't find it. Obviously during the course of a remodel, you meet subcontractors, you go through your experiences and everything else. And, you know, I ended up saying, screw it. Like I can do this. Like you, you don't want to finish the job. I'll go pull the permit. (laughs) You know, what do I need to do? Yeah. What do I need to do to get a license? Do I even need a license in Texas? I didn't need a license. I just need to go pull permit. All I needed was insurance. And you know, if we were buying the houses or our investors were buying the houses, which at that point, I then just started to work with investors, got my real estate license in Texas Uh, and everything else. Yeah. The real real estate background also which mm-hmm. goes in with remodeling and now you're kind of flipping. getting, now you're getting into flipping. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, are you, and that told, didn't last, that didn't last. Are, by the are way. you, a, no, that's a tough route to go. You almost want to be an established contractor, start doing flipping on the side, like as a hobby. And then you can, and then you can kind of grow that side. If you want to go in that direction, uh, it's right. a good, I have a friend that's a contractor that uh, owns many properties. Mm -hmm. So that's a good route to go if you want to build property and wealth Mm -hmm. that way. That's a good route to go. Yeah, it's an investment. Airbnb, you can can rent them out, like whatever. A property is a good investment. 
Um, yeah, did we did do some of that? You know, I I will never claim that I did this on my own. I am not wealthy and wasn't at the time. I had a little bit of money, and I had some friends who also had a little bit of money, and they trusted me. And so yeah, you know, we'll cool. buy a house and fix it up, and that's what we did. We but you out. didn't know you didn't know shit about construction. How are you well, convincing these people that you're like this construction guru? I didn't know anything about construction, but my family had owned property and done short-term okay. rentals and owned multifamily my whole life. And okay. my uncle was a, a custom home builder. We came okay. from the supply side okay. of construction. So I knew how to look at estimates. I already knew how to read plans because I came from the real estate side. Uh, I you know, knew how Bold. to price. Yeah, I knew how to price out uh, materials and how to do comps in the area, you know? And so I knew what I knew and I knew enough to be dangerous. And I was really yeah. positioned as a construction manager and project manager, Yeah, the contractor, I yeah. was just telling investors that if I didn't know what I was doing with their money, imagine what they didn't know, you know, like if, if I didn't know what the contractor was doing with their money after we paid them, right. Cause the contractor wasn't transparent then them in another state or whatever, how, what are they going to know? Right. So there needed to be checks and balances and systems. And the first construction business that I started and, you know, literally the meat and potatoes that makes us all our money is a construction management company. It's a consulting company. We, yeah. you know, do not self-perform as a general contractor. We have a remodeling license to do work, you know, here in Westchester County and in Connecticut. And I have specifically selected drywall and painting as our specialty. And that is it. You know, I have no interest in, honestly, at least not right now, I have no interest in tackling those projects or yeah. being a flipper or doing any of that stuff right now because uh, let's face it let's face it anyone can do drywall uh well <laughs> and i have a bone to pick with you who was it that you interviewed last you said anybody can paint a wall i was like, oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah no! fuck Everybody hey gloria, gloria fuck the painter we don't care about those guys well, I'm the drywaller and the painter, bro. No, we I, have we get a lot of uh, painters. Yeah, 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 when I was the I painter, mean, the drywaller pissed me off. And when I was yeah. the drywaller, the painter pissed me off. So now we just do everything in house. I'm just like, I'm going to paint it. And then that way, if something's flashing, if I don't like it, I can only blame myself. And this, mm -hmm. is, a, this is a good segue, dude. We're at an hour. We have to have a part two. So the the entire part one was building up to fucking Gloria is now taking this little flower that bloomed in <laughs> Texas. She uprooted the little flower and she took it to back to New York. You're like, screw it. If I can do this in Texas, I'm going to go do it in New York. And we're going to do construction management in New York, right? Well, social media, the power of social media, really, I was also at the time, you know, struggling with a situation, at, you know, in my personal life. 
And I really... Wait, wait, wait. Is this the crazy ex-boyfriend? Are we getting to a crazy ex-boyfriend? Yeah. (laughs) Finally. God, I waited an hour. He's like, juicy. Yeah, so I We don't have to talk about that douchebag. Let it go. No, no. Yeah, but anyway, I was dealing... No, I was just dealing with a situation in my personal life. Very similar, I think, to my early 20s where I was like... What am I doing with my life? Like, yeah. is this what I'm going to do? Like, blah, blah, okay. blah. And at that point, I'd left my banking job. I didn't really have any commitments in the state of Texas. I'd finished okay. my rehab. I was trying to start a fitness brand. And, you know, I wanted to be in New York around all the fitness celebrity coaches and trainers that okay. I knew and all that stuff. And construction was more part time at the time. And I was more focused on trying to grow this fitness brand. Yeah. And then, you know, somebody saw on social media what I was doing and they asked me to fly up to New York to consult on a building. It was just, I was only coming up here to look at the building and give my two cents from a banking background and a contractor background. And then I was supposed to fly right back to Texas. Well, this is the cliffhanger. <laughs> this is where we're going to leave it, dude. Because yeah, this is like, this is juicy. Okay. So somebody's like, oh, look, Gloria's doing like a little bit of contract consulting down in Texas. Isn't that cute? We'll have her come up here to New York and like see if she's got the real the chops to like really tackle something uh, big. And they knew that you did. And um, that's very cool. And a good place. If you're open to it, are you open to a part two? Yeah, I'm happy to do I feel like two. we're we're just getting right there, you know. Yeah, and I mean, do it doesn't know it doesn't always take an hour, but you know, I like the background though, and I like the build up. Your background is so dense with all of the things that you do uh that and I think they're all pertinent to the story of uh Gloria Fuentes. And they they are. They, they are. Because people yeah. always ask, like, how did you end up here? And people think yeah. I don't belong, but I do belong in the construction industry and then some 100%. Of course. <laughs> uh, and then we'll save. We will save. There's a couple of uh, different questions that I asked, Pearl of Wisdom. And then also uh, we'll save that for uh, part two. Um, and I guess we could post these back to back, but it's just such a uh, it's such a great story and i'm really i'm really inspired i guess to leave though and i'm really curious about the fitness stuff which may not be as curious to some of our drywall community but like a lot of drywall dudes are into fitness uh you know that i know you know we talk about it a little bit what's your favorite form of uh fitness group classes actually and specifically jazzercise no, no, no to jazzercise. My knees can't handle that shit anymore. <laughs> I can't be jumping. Remember, like remember that. step aerobics? Remember step aerobics? They're so trying cool. to bring they're trying to bring that back. I know. So I know. as yeah, as a construction management company, we do get involved with a lot of fitness brands because obviously I have a, a background in fitness. So the fitness kind of morphed into construction. Yeah. And you know, so we have seen some fitness concepts come our way and oh, clearly yeah. they didn't make it where yeah. you know people are trying to do step aerobics or jazzercise or whatever yeah uh, but yeah. yeah i think group fitness classes are my favorite but if i really really had to pick like my favorite exercise it's lifting 
a hundred percent. It's lifting. Okay. Yeah. I love to lift weights. I love to lift heavy. I, you know, love to challenge myself and get to the point of fatigue because I know that's how I get stronger and having a background as a bodybuilder, you know, and doing bodybuilding competitions just for the sake of, you know, wanting to challenge myself. I now know that every single time that I have a challenge with a construction project or, you know, with a sub trade or with a client or an insurance company or whoever doesn't want to pay their bill or whatever, like, I just know that it challenges don't like I've gone through so much, like you mentioned, and I've done so much and by some by choice and some not, but it's, because of those things that like nothing scares me. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nothing scares me. I mean, our business could fall flat tomorrow and I would need to start over next week and I would be just fine. No, it's, it's a pleasure (laughs) to talk to you. You're just so, um, on point, like on point. And I can tell that you, you love what you're doing. You love what you're up to finally right now. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. yeah finally. And I mean, that's, you know, that's where the story's going to take off. Um, I, uh, just started doing weights like fitness and I work with a trainer. I think that's important. Um, it's very I, important actually. I like, pro- you know, proper, like, and, and we're building stuff and I'm trying to get rid of this slouch, you know, we're building mm-hmm. chest and, uh, but also, like the guy is so funny and like, you know, we joke the whole time and I dance and he, he, we're working and I love that, that workout. I still play soccer for like cardio, but, uh, nice, but the weights, the weights is, uh, it's hard and it's cool. And yeah, I love that burn and leg it's day. It's challenging. Yeah. yeah, it is. And you feel, you feel accomplished, right? It's yeah. for example, I had an apprentice that worked with us, they have these high school programs, these co-op programs. And so we had an apprentice and I taught them how to patch a hole, right? You know, how to do a California patch. Yeah. And it was so cute. And I remember when I did my first (laughs) California patch, but like, it was just so cute, the sense of accomplishment in their face and the excitement when they did it. And then they came back the next day and put a second coat and you know yeah we came back and primed and you couldn't even see where it was right now they don't know that mama g came and sanded and did some touch-ups after they left but you know they were still very proud of the fact that they had accomplished that and so okay that's you know mama g yeah yeah (laughs) well i mean i used to be big sis but at this point i'm so old (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or older. I'm so much you, older than before. You look like you're in your twenties. So, you know, um, wh- when you're getting into your forties, then we'll talk, then we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I do. I take care of myself. I yeah. try to drink a lot of water. I try to eat healthy. I, yeah. you know, do eat the food truck food and the gas station food, like every other yeah. contractor. The roach that we call it the roach coach. <laughs> I don't call it that anymore because my brother owns a catering company and like runs a food truck sometimes. Okay. So like I would he be should like, have, he should have called it the roach coach. 
I just yeah no 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 yeah so I I don't call it that anymore but yeah we used to call it that in Texas that's what they call it in Texas the Roach Coach the Roach Coach yeah that must be a Southwestern thing love it um, they, they have did, they called it that in Arizona too when I worked over there they have regulations here in New York for the food trucks like they okay. have the same letter grades that the restaurants do so like if you go to a food truck in New York you best believe it's being inspected like oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. and it, I'm um, sure it's stringent to get a food truck going in New York like forget about it yeah the licensing is ridiculous I mean yeah. the licensing for everything in New yeah. York is uh, honestly ridiculous everything have... in general is harder in New York if you're thinking about moving there just know this up front I don't recommend it actually. Uh, our, <laughs> our goal, our goal with Glowjoy and the brand is for the business in New York to run itself so that I can then, you know, move somewhere a little bit slower paced yeah, and can purchase real estate instead of trying to compete with the 1% for real estate up here or we'll talk about investors, you know, but we'll talk yeah. about that. That'll be on the tail end of part two after, and I promise to our listeners, we'll get into some drywall. I love the California patch. Um, yeah. it's my favorite thing to teach people cause it's so easy. And like you teach it like is. a, you teach like a G and most GCs don't know. It's like, no, dude, they don't. Dude, check this out. Come here. Check this out. I'm going to show you something that you're going to be able to do anytime you move an outlet, you know, whatever. So uh, it's a great trick. It's I fun learned it online. I learned it on Insta. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. Drywall and Shorty? Did Drywall no, Shorty? No, it wasn't Drywall Shorty. So I don't really interact with her too much. Uh, yeah. I am really good friends with the taping queen and that oh, okay. girl. Uh, yes. Alice yeah. was on your podcast. Yeah. And, you know, the taping queen is Kayla. Yeah, she was on. She has an yeah. episode as well. Yeah, she's one of, like, the pioneers of, like, Instagram influencers yeah. Yeah. for the drywall community. Uh, Wolfgang from Can-Am and I yeah. were talking about her. And shout out to yeah. Wolfgang. And shout out everybody. to Wolfgang. Yeah. yeah, you know, but we were we were talking about it. And Kayla was my first influencer that really I would send her a comment, a question on a post of hers. And she would turn around and DM me like a whole explanation, sometimes yeah. with like tutorial videos. And I was like, wow, like, can I pay you for this? I literally asked her multiple times if I could pay her to train me and yeah. or if I could fly over there to like you know, work with her for like, uh, you know, or fly her or whatever. I don't want to say too much, but there could be an opportunity for you to fly out and do some taping and I might be there and Sean might be there and oh, some other yes. players. I heard. I don't, I don't want to say I, yeah. too much. I'm not going to say too much. <laughs> yeah. There could but, be. But there could be. Yeah. No, but you know, Kayla was one of the very first people. And then Corey from tech dry tools, Okay. came along. I purchased his tool. I had some questions or whatever. And then yeah. he started going into technique. And honestly, my technique is hit or miss. Like some days it's awesome. And some days it's like, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't do it enough because I am running the general contracting business to where I think if I were to do it, like on a more regular or full-time basis, which is where we're trying to get to like, yeah. just, you know, 
let the construction management business do its thing. And then I yeah. just kind of focus on my drywall. You're getting tank. sucked in. You're getting sucked yeah. into the drywall a little bit. I love it. It's And it's such a cool community. But more importantly, I think it has to do with the mud. The mud it keeps me... It keeps it me pulls you. It pulls you, it in. pulls you in. It's like the it medium. Does. I'm not joking. It's like this cool medium that's very unique unto itself. That's like you start working with it and you're like, wow, this stuff's amazing, you know? So one of my guys, and I'll, I'll let you go. One of my guys actually said, because I was having a stern conversation with the electrician about all the holes, extra holes that they had poked after we had finished Fuck painting those. some Fuck walls. those electricians. Hey, if you're an electrician and you're listening, just shut off the podcast right now. We don't need you. <laughs> we don't need you. Pick up your mess. <laughs> I know. Grab a broom. <laughs> anyway, take off your pouch when you're working on finishing. Yeah, walls. yeah. Come on. Anyway, yeah. So I, one of my guys, you know, I was having a stern conversation with the electrician about the holes and this, that, and chargebacks. Dirty okay. word, chargebacks. yeah. yeah. And the guy goes, don't act like you're not excited to get in there and play with your mud. He was right. He was fucking right. <laughs> he was so right. So right. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Gloria Fluentes, G-L-O-R-I-A. Glor yeah. That's what I think of every time I think of Gloria, the Van Morrison When I song. waited tables yeah. at least once a night. Yeah. Yeah. At it's least. so... It's so right there. It's such a good song. And I think it's the only Gloria song, isn't it? It's no, there's a there's others. R I A Gloria. I don't that's, know who sings that. That's Is Sam that Morrison. One? Yeah. Okay. That's this no, one. there's there's another one. There's like Gloria, Gloria. Gloria. I think I, think, I got your number. Yes, air supply. Gloria. Air supply. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> Okay, guys, please do not judge my singing. I am a contractor and I yeah. am not a singer. Gloria, <laughs> you might have heard Gloria by Air Supply in a jazzercise class in the late 80s. <laughs> On that note, Gloria Fluentes, uh, Glow Joy, New York. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Part one. We are going to have a part two. So stay tuned. I will post these back to back and I'll get with you on when we can schedule part two because I want to edit these and just have them like back to back. I think that would be the best way to do it. We cool. are going to take off on Gloria's story when she heads from Texas back to New York to uh, manage a project there, a large project that um, maybe she was nervous about, maybe she wasn't, who knows, but uh, such a cool conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah. thank you for, you know, embracing your non-typical drywaller and uh, bringing us on, on board to, to your world. And, you know, shout out yeah. to the entire, to the entire community. I think all of my friends have been on your podcast. So oh, cool. You thank know, you. Shout, shout out to the whole community. You all are part of the reason. Yeah. And, you know, I know Corey posted, like I, I wrote handwritten notes with all my stickers and Corey posted a copy of his note, which wasn't supposed to be posted, but everything, yeah. you know, that I said in the note is true. If it was not, 
not for certain people in this community, I just, I wouldn't be here. You know, I I'd be working for one of the big guys or, you know, maybe just focusing on construction management and leaving the tools to the pros. Um, and we'll talk about pros and air quotes later, but you know, um, well, this, this whole podcast will get dropped into YouTube. I drop all these podcasts. So visually, so that, um, because a big dog, big dog was like, dude, you got to post all your, you know, cause a lot of people want to like watch the entire podcast. It's crazy too. People do. It's like when you hold uh, content for that long, it's crazy. Yeah. People do. I mean, Joe Rogan has like yeah. four hour, four yeah. hours podcasts. So yeah. like if I'm looking, um, and in the hour that we were here, I had like six missed calls, 14 mm-hmm. text messages and God yeah. knows how many emails come through from the field. Right. Yeah. Thank um, you so much yeah. too. I get, I yeah. get it that you're busy. Um, and has Corey sent you a thousand stickers yet to give out? Oh yeah. He sure has all my sticker Good. packs now have tech drive tools <laughs> and like drywall stickers in that. I told, I posted on the Fresco Harmony page that the next thousand orders that come into Fresco Harmony is going to get a tech drive sticker. Yeah. So if you saw my reaction video, which it's okay if you didn't like some people saw it, like if you saw my reaction video, when I I got Corey's package, I was like, like, Oh, there's stickers, a lot of stickers. (laughs) Yay. Yay. So sticker party. Yeah. Some people are starting to get their packages this week with the stickers and, you know, other people are not going to get their stickers this week. They'll get them after the holiday. And that's because they're not just getting stickers. Maybe they're getting something plus stickers. Beautiful. Yeah. But we rebranded a year ago. So I really wanted to say thank you to all the people who are supportive and sending out the stickers, just like an old school pen pal, uh, to me is just so fun. So Yeah. yeah. You'll definitely get some stickers. All right, Gloria, you have a good rest of your day and I will get in touch with you offline and we'll schedule the next one. All right, cool. Thank you so much. Bye. All right, bye. Special thanks to Gloria for being with us on the Drywall Podcast today. Tune in next Friday for part two of this awesome interview. We dive into her experience in construction in New York and how she's getting into the drywall trade with a little help from some awesome women in the trade. Have questions about the drywall podcast? You hate it. You hate me. Uh, You love it. Uh, Questions for Gloria. You can email me directly at info at frescoharmony.com. Also, you could give me a call anytime, 505-400-9313. I would love to hear from you. The Drywall Podcast can be listened to on all your favorite platforms, such as Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also YouTube. There will also be a full video version of this interview on YouTube available for your watching pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me on the Drywall Podcast today. Stay tuned next week for part two of Gloria Fuentes. But until then, keep drywalling.